Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, I am Justin Barney from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. And I'm Marcus Doucette, also from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Today, I'm here with Marcus because we are talking about Dune. The outsiders ravage our land. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. When Marcus knew that we would be doing Dune, Marcus said, you have to have me on. So my cinnabon today is Marcus Doucette. We're talking about Dune. Dune is the film adaptation of the 1965 Frank Herbert science fiction novel. It's been attempted on the screen a couple of times. David Lynch had a famously flawed attempt. Sci-Fi did a series. And uh, did you ever see Jodorowsky's Dune? Yeah, that spectacle was kind of a hot mess. It was like kind of, that was a movie of its own. So Right. Yeah. Um, so this version is by Denis Villeneuve, who directed other sci-fi epics, Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival. For the plot, Dune is uh, kind of, it's, it's simple and it's complicated. The planet of Arrakis has spice. The universe's most powerful substance, and everybody wants spice. Paul, played by Timothy Chalamet, is heir to the throne of Arrakis's newest colonizer, and he is thought to be the one, this kind of god figure, the center of the book's hero narrative. There are big themes of sci-fi world building, colonization from the perspective of the colonizer and the colonized, capitalism, exploitation, religion, plenty others. Marcus Doucette, what did you think of Dune? So I definitely feel like you should see the movie. It, it probably will be impossible on some level for you not to see it. There's such a buzz about this movie. And I mean, there are a lot of people that are getting fed off of writing about it. Uh, as far as a movie goes, is it is it like the most faithful adaptation of Frank Herbert's universe? I don't know that you can really, I don't know that you can really do it. Uh, is it a good movie? Hell yes. Uh, certainly has got a lot of substance to it. There's a lot that's left unsaid in the movie, and I respect Villeneuve for doing that. Because, you know, you're just kind of not going to get to all the nuance, especially for a book as beloved as Frank Herbert's Dune is considered definitely foundation canon for science fiction. Mm -hmm. So he should be proud of himself and you should probably feel like you should see it more than once if you didn't get it, especially if you haven't read the book. And that is kind of the, that's kind of the linchpin is if you're looking for a complete movie, this is only half the first book. It's not all of it. Like, so there's some stuff that needs more development in the movie, but Therein lies the hope for a second movie. Did he do a good enough job with what material he was handling? Yes, for sure. I like this because I don't have the perspective of reading the book. Mm -hmm. I did not read the book. I watched this movie and I was in every single second. The outfits, the planets, the world building was so complete and detailed and there are spots where like you're just in there you don't need to know what happened you need to know why these guys are hanging upside down like that just like it's just part of the thing and i loved how complete and in this world you are at the end of two hours and 35 minutes i thought no 
I want it to keep going. I want to see more. And I, it, a movie that makes you want more movie after two hours and 35 minutes is something worth seeing. I think it's even deeper than that. I think more than wanting to see more movie, mm-hmm. I think what Villeneuve has done is made, I think, hopefully make people want to read the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, that's just a part of it. Like, yeah. You know, it, there's a lot left unsaid, but what's left unsaid kind of makes you that wanting more should lead you deeper in. And I think that that's where I left with it, having read it. Well, Marcus and I are going to talk more about it after the break. Like listening to Milwaukee produced podcasts? Then check out Radio Milwaukee's innovation podcast, Diverse Disruptors, hosted by me. Tariq Moody. We talk with entrepreneurs from across the country that are innovating for a more inclusive world. Listen at RadioMilwaukee.org slash Disruptors. Diverse Disruptors is presented by University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Northwestern Mutual, and United Ways Tequity. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. All right, and uh, and we're we're back here, and so I want to I want to dig a bit deeper into Dune, and I think that Dune being such a beloved book is I think you kind of like have to talk about where where you enter Dune. It's not like a normal movie where everyone is coming at it just like with the movie there there is the book there are the other movies i i came at dune knowing nothing i came in despite reading like a ton of books frequently dune is just like not one that it's not a book that i've read science fiction is like not really my genre and so i came into this i came into this being like this movie it's probably going to be like other science fiction movies. I enjoy watching them. I like some of the weird stuff. I like the the world building, but ultimately I I think I will f- be kind of like lacking in feeling kind of like any big themes. It'll be a hero narrative. They're all hero narratives. It'll be just like one of many. And I came out feeling like I was wrong. <laughs> I was like, I was so glad to be wrong because this movie, it starts with the perspective of the colonized, you know, and I wasn't expecting that to start. And it's it starts with that that perspective of we are a people who was colonized. We will be colonized. This is just the story of the next oppressor. And I think starting it from there really set me off to be like, this movie's on the right foot. You know, I know where this is coming from. And then I was just so held in by the world building of this movie. There's little details on the spaceships where you like see a thing fold into it's like into the space where it's supposed to fold into. And you see these like wildly imaginative contraptions that are just otherworldly. I haven't read the book, but I was like, I think this might be better than reading the book because my imagination could not come up with this. I was so impressed by the scope and kind of like how real and natural all of the, the people who are come from 
cultures that have a deep history that you get to see in the flair of their outfits or in the way that they handle things or in like who they are. I felt like we were steeped deep into a history that was handled respectfully and in a way that I could have never imagined reading the book. I really loved it. Yeah, Dune is a real interesting and like really science fiction of that age and that era. I mean, in the 60s, you know, being able to foresee what technology would be doing. You know, Frank Herbert, when he writes, like he's he's kind of gentle on the technology part. And that kind of like lets him drive what what's really happening, which is this intense mm-hmm. story and all of those undercurrents that you spoke of colonizer, colonizee, like uh, intergalactic, you know, politics, you know, uh, you know, having. Having, I mean, in really like the spice, you know, I mean, the analog to oil is like pretty clear or any, you know, substance that is vital and fuels, you know, right. You know, an economy that on a scale that we can't even comprehend. So what Villeneuve, I think, really does well is he puts a visual component on it that, you know, it deserves, especially for, you know, the way our modernized sort of see like science fiction in general, Uh, you know, looking back at the 84 version, you know, some of the stuff is kind of like. It's kind of laughable, even compared to some of its peers like Star Wars and and, and whatnot, but or Star Trek, mm-hmm. for that matter. But Villeneuve really he gives he gives it the scope and spe- and kind of like visual spectacle it deserves. The movie the movie is very great, and you know, in some ways it is like you know for the for, for this 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 version that we've seen, it is kind of like the the hero story and. To really get to the detail and the depth of the story, there has to be a second movie. There really oh, yeah. does. Because the arc of Paul Muad'Dib, or, or as he's known in the first part, just simply Paul Atreides, uh, he, you know, I mean, he, event- he eventually takes on su- such significance for the people that, that are native to Arrakis mm-hmm. that, you know, he, he becomes something else entirely. And well, I, I'm not going to give away too much. but Yeah. Well, what I really liked about the, like, Timothy Chalmay's, like, treatment of Paul is I liked how this was the hero narrative. We've seen a hero narrative before. It's, it's you know, and I would imagine in the book it's more of like a white savior narrative. And it, and it you know, and it is. Um, well, it starts that way. Starts that way. It goes different places. Yes, which I understand. And in this, I like how skeptical he is of his own narrative. I like that he is, he's always pushing against it. And he's pushing back. Until it becomes a little useful, you know, and there are there are moments where he'll lean into it in a really clever way. But I really I really think that that I, I, I think I, I think a lot of people have like issue with Timothy, Timothy Chalmay. I do not. Me either. Yeah, I, think, yeah, right? I think he's great. I think I think he, he's great, too. He plays the role with the subtlety that it needs. I mean, you got to remember in the book, Paul Atreides like has visions like that come true. He has dreams that come true and they play it. They play it very subtly and he's got the nuance to do it. And I I think he did. I think he did a really good job for being able to show that on the screen. I think that that is I think that was such a satisfying part of the movie is like when you when you set something, when you like throw the fishing lure out there mm. and then it, like you see it and as a as a watcher you're like okay i got a bit of what's going to happen and they reel it in they reel it in other things happen other things happen it's getting closer and then when you finally like reel it in and that thing that you knew was going to happen happens that 
is satisfying. That yeah. is like it's so you know it's so it feels so good when that happens on the screen. Oh, without a doubt, getting it right. Who doesn't? Right. Who doesn't want to get <laughs> right? it right? But that I mean, tease, you know, it's like it's right. a it's a big tease, and uh, the like. Yeah, when it happens, that you understood what the filmmaker was, you know, w- was like trying to convey, and you know, literally to Villeneuve's credit, like a lot of it is like conveyed. Without a, a ton of words, you know, I mean, it's a lot of visual expression. The cinematography is breathtaking. Oh, uh, you know, the worms themselves, you reimagine them in such a beautiful way. Really can't wait to the second movie because there is so much more depth that really needs to be like pulled out into the open. Uh, unfortunately, and this is probably kind of the way the book goes, is you don't really get the development of his mother. You got it. You got it a bit, and I, I did. I really loved her as a character. And like at first, it was one of those things where you're like, okay, this is a, a book from the '60s. Like it's all going to be about the father and the son. And then when there's the scene where it's like her, her mom's mom, and she's like, oh, you have a birthright for your mother too, mm-hmm. and you have to go through the test to see if you are up to snuff on this birthright. I was like, oh. Dang. Yeah. Okay, there's more going on here than I thought. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I mean, honestly, there's apocrypha to to to, to read. This 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 is a movie that I think was made with great respect. In some ways, it was taking you know David Lynch's version and just doing it a little bit better and doing it a little bit more currently. Now, what it should make you do. You know, this is like this is always the problem, like taking a book and turning it into a movie is the people that have read the book are going to always pick you apart for for details that are missed. And then the people that are watching the movie kind of like resent they kind of resent the fact that you've read the book because they don't (laughs) want to read the book. But in all honesty, like if this if this movie doesn't kind of make you want to read the book a little bit. I don't know. Then I sort of feel what? like Villeneuve has, has failed a little bit because it should make you want to read the book. What do you think is better, the book or the movie? I think that the one enriches the other. I think these are Smart like... Smart sidestep. Without a doubt, though. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, it's like it's like the difference between, you know, n- n- hearing spice and tasting spice. Wow. You know, yeah. I mean, space travel is complicated and difficult. Mm-hmm. The spice... You know, allows the Bene Gesserits to do things that nobody else can. The spice is an intergalactic commodity that so many people are addicted to in some level or another. And then here you have these people that li- like live on the planet with it and their eyes are blue within blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it, this is like one of those shows that could have been maybe done a better service by being more of just a show and less of a movie. But if the rest of it ends up getting made, I will be very happy seeing all of those movies. And me too. Yeah, and and I, it and it I, should make you want to read the books. Yeah, it really yeah. should. They're on sale now, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came out being like, I I thought that this was going to be something that would be enjoyable, and I came out being like, I cannot wait to see the next one. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get in there. Yeah. And maybe I'll even read the book. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, there's so many details. Oh my God. And that, that's the thing is having read the book and knowing many of the other details like the Butlerian Jihad, you know, at some point the universe came to the came to this point where they're like, you know what, let's get rid of AI. You know, like mm-hmm. no more robots. They're killing us. They're controlling stuff. Wow. You know, cool. I mean, like there's like deeper currents, like understanding how they got there is like that's those there are books written on that. Yeah. And then where it goes beyond this, 
Whew, I tell you, I don't want to give away too much, but Lady Jessica, pay attention to her and watch out for her daughter and unexpected ending for Paul. I'll leave it at that. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I, I also felt like the movie didn't, it did a good job. I heard some criticism of that it like was too much exposition, exposition because you like have to have a ton, but I thought it did a really good balance of explaining things that need to be explained not explaining things too much, letting you kind of get things and letting the movie, letting it take you. So Dune, go see it. Yeah, for being a desert planet, that movie sure holds water. <laughs> Ooh, Marcus Dusen. <laughs> okay, um, Marcus, we usually do that. Me and Kay Polly usually do our, our favorite segment is what else we've been watching. So, uh, Marcus, what else have you been watching? Uh, as usual, a mix of highbrow, lowbrow stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some things that are also pretty current. If you haven't checked out HBO Succession, that's excellent. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's hard to like anybody in that show that I like so much, and I don't understand that. And speaking of hard to like people um, and lowbrow, uh, 90 Day Fiance is my jam. Like, um, Wow. Yeah. I, for in, you know, when we were... You know, in uh, you know, in quarantine, I went to my mom's house every Sunday and watched Nine Day Fiance. That is her jam. It's it's uh, it's it's, a, I, it's I a, must in. watch. It's must watch. <laughs> you, yeah, it's hard to believe. <laughs> you know what I watched this week? What else did you watch? I watched. I was like, I'm not really like a really big on scary movies, and so, but I was like, all right, it's October. Like, I need to get into it. And I was like trolling around on HBO, and I saw. Hit a movie from 1983 called The Hunger. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. And The Hunger stars David Bowie, Susan Sarandon, and Catherine Deneuve. And I was like, I, I had heard somewhere, like, I heard some friend had a hot take one time that was like, he was like, oh, David Bowie, the only movie that he is worth watching is The Man Who Fell to Earth. And I watched The Man Who Fell to Earth. David Bowie was great. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's it. And so I was like a little skeptical going in and I was like, okay, 1980s horror movie, David Bowie. I think it's probably going to be a little schlocky, a little like B-side, maybe mid-brow. But it was – The Hunger is highbrow. It is art. It is like A24 before A24 existed. It is – there is a lot of nudity. It is steamy it is sensual it is sexy it is like it is so well edited ever like everybody it's like 1980s and they really go for the 80s everyone just looks so cool the entire time it starts with like uh Bauhaus singing Bela Lugosi's dead and it's like basically a Bauhaus music video and it is done so Artfully, I was absolutely stunned and in love. The hunger cannot recommend it high enough. So good. All right, go get fed. All right. All right, that's it. Uh, Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Our theme song is from walking musician Brett Newski. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Also, we get support from Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Thank you, members of Milwaukee Film and 88.9. And thank you, Christopher Pollard, who is not here today. 